2: Hello and welcome to the EDH Reccast. My name is Joey Schultz, and I'm joined, as always, by my fantastic co-hosts. Up first, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the Minor Fall, the Cyclonic Rift. It's Matt Morgan.
1: So I went to a farmer's market recently, and uh, somebody was selling me onions, and it was kind of weird because they were wrapping. But he just said, "Oh yeah, they're they're rap scallions." <laughs> but then I had I had to be really careful though because uh, he had a whole bunch of beat boxes too. No. <laughs> It was, it was a rough game out there. Rough game.
2: Matthew, That you you never fail to impress, man. That's absolutely terrific.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm not the farmer, so but you can thank him. Uh, true enough. True <laughs> enough. All right. Up next,
2: he connives so many times, and I'm not even talking about the mechanic from New Capenna. He's just a very conniving person in general, as it turns out, is Dana Roach.
0: Did you know the, the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Well,
1: It's all about the location. It's all about the location.
2: Oh, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) That that one hit my soul. Did it take take a second to catch up?
0: And this is the EDH (laughs) Cat. Don't be salty.
2: Oh (laughs) Oh no, EDU Trek is the best deck building resource on the web for the commander format, compiling data from deck lists all over the internet to provide helpful recommendations for new commander decks. And here on the podcast, what we like to do is give all of that data a little more context and also just make Joey's day with the silliest dad jokes in the world. Matt, what are we talking about in this week's episode?
1: Man? Well, this week, besides just tickling Joey's funny bone, we're going to talk about uh, some tribes that we think are maybe a little underloved and uh, what could do or what could be done to uh, maybe get them a little more loved by the community.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, on Trek, we do have that uh, tribes page to see what are the most popular tribes out there in the EDH format. But if you scroll down to the bottom, there are a bunch of still really cool tribes that just don't show up a whole lot in general EDH games, and we want to talk about what we would love to see to amp up some of those tribes, because they're really, really cool, and we'll just shout out some of our personal favorites that we would love to see get more of the spotlight in the future. Should be really, really fun. Real quick, before we get into our main topic, though, let's pause, give a huge thank you to Chase, aka Manicurves, for helping me with the post-production of the podcast, and of course, we want to thank our sponsors for the show, too. The EDH RecCast
0: is sponsored by Card Kingdom and TCG Player. Other than the card I need to buy for Mother's Day, it is the only place I go to buy cards. (laughs) Just go to EDH Rec and click on the card in question. Choose the vendor link down below. And doing that supports both the site and the show.
1: And if you'd prefer to support the show directly, you can do so over at patreon.com slash edhretcast. It's just a great way for you to support the show directly while also getting yourself some awesome perks like joining the Discord community where we can talk about the game that we all love. Maybe find some games that you can play with like-minded players. It's an awesome feature there. There's all sorts of different tiers over at patreon.com slash edhretcast. It's just a great way to support the show. And... You can also get those beloved, those highly desirable, those brag note to your <laughs> friends type of shout-outs that we do every single week. So this week, Roven Brinkman, thank you so much for your support. We definitely appreciate it. And uh glad that we could bring you on board and uh getting all these dad jokes <laughs> thank you
2: so so much Robin. we we really appreciate it. we appreciate all of you this is uh
1: matt you and
2: dana with the dad jokes y'all make it worth it but honestly our discord makes it really worth it too and there is an endless supply of dad jokes there as well might i add so if, if you want to hear even more
1: if you're thinking about joining our patreon and you're on the brink man i just gotta say like just, <laughs> just do it just take the bullet jump on it no <laughs> no
2: we are done <laughs> I adore you, Matt. All right, let's move into our main topic. So, yeah, we are talking about some of those underloved tribes, tribes that uh, we wish got, you know, a bit more of the spotlight in commander and again we do have that page on edhrec it's edhrec.com slash tribes and that shows you the most popular tribes in the entire format and it's a really great space for you to find all of these uh these different decks throughout the entire website that have been flagged as specifically tribal like zombie tribal or dragon tribal and those are some of the most popular tribes out there but we want to give a little bit of the spotlight to the tribes that don't see as much love
1: yeah, Joey, there's a whole slew of different tribes all across all the different colors. There's tribes if you want to be aggressive, there's combo type of tribes, and there's it's there's so many different ones out there, but it's also easy to forget like how many of them that we don't see. Everybody knows zombies and elves and all these super popular ones, but there's a bunch that maybe are just a couple sets away from being super relevant, mm. and so we're going to kind of focus on the ones that are close but not quite there.
2: That's a really good point. Like currently, for example, on EDHREC, the fifth most popular tribe, according to all of the data that we've drawn on the site, is the Human Tribe. And Matt, I want to say that one of your favorite decks right now, Kyler Sigardian Emissary, which is a Human Tribal deck, I feel like that played a huge part in kickstarting a lot of the popularity for that tribe. And this was also helped out, I think, by Jarena Kudro as well a little bit before then. So it kind of only took like one product maybe one and a half products to really amp that tribe into super high gear and so sometimes just a little bit of love is all that these tribes need to actually like come into full force you
0: know well humans are also the most popular creature type right so there's a gazillion good humans (laughs) (laughs) i guess it seems to me that for a tribe to be popular in the game it has to either be powerful or it has to be something that people find to be interesting. Mm. Um, and, I, and I guess that's vague what's interesting, but like for the most part, most people think dragons are pretty cool. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how like excited anyone is to build a human stack, but at the very least, there's a gazillion humans, in, and as a result, there's quite a few powerful ones as well. Just the law of averages works out that way. So humans at least have strong characteristics uh, in the deck. So I I think that's what we're going to see. I think when we start talking about this is we're going to see almost all of the tribes that that wind up being popular or at least that we want to talk about and see get more love are, are either a creature type that like aesthetically for some reason is interesting or lends itself to being a powerful card type.
1: Yeah, that I I, when I was getting my notes together for this one, I noticed, well, this tribe, most of them are actually already this other massively more popular tribe. And that's that was the the struggle was Mm. sometimes one tribe is just kind of a subclass of a certain race. Like you, you mentioned humans are just in every single set elves are in every single set. So there's a lot of support for those, whereas there's not more support for something a little more specific.
2: That makes sense. Archers as well. Like mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of archers that are also elves or artificers that are also humans or uh, elder that is also dragon because of elder dragon and stuff like that. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess one final question here too, uh, before we actually get into the specific uh, tribes that we want to see more love, uh, do you guys play a lot of tribal decks? Like y'all know that I have my will held to deck, but that is like one of the first and only times that I've really stuck to a tribe. Tribal decks are not usually something Thing that appeals to me so i'm kind of curious on your guys end if tribal is a thing that really appeals to you and you want to see even more of it especially for the obscure stuff or if this is more of a passing fancy like how invested is your emotion in this data is basically what i'm asking
0: i have two tribal decks currently um it- there are people that like build just you know a dozen different tribes for their tribal deck i'm not (laughs) one of them but i like to have some theme and at some point there's only so many different themes you can come up with and tribe is a pretty easy one to to go to Mm. so i I currently have two i could see myself building another one if something caught my eye down the road there's there's definitely some that aesthetically i appreciate so if i had a chance to to build a deck around them if we got a few more pieces i would definitely do that but yeah i've got a couple and um i i I do enjoy the the challenge and the just all the things that come with like building a deck where you've limited yourself to this one creature type. All right, all right, Matt. What about
1: you? I mean, I've been known to to play a tribal deck every now and then because tribal decks typically mean a lot of creatures, and that's my favorite card type. So yep. yeah, I've I've had a Murfolk deck before. I have a Humans deck currently. I've played all sorts of different tribes. It's 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 a fun too. It, it, like it's it's very easy to give a deck an identity because you're, you're latching onto this one specific tribe uh, that you can kind of take everything and run it with it. So, yeah, tribal decks are fun. It, they're one of the most popular types of decks. Like if you're going to stick with a theme and you go to a Magic Fest coming up later this summer, for example, <laughs> chances are every pod's probably going to have one tribal deck just by the law of averages, by the amount of decks we see coming in and the amount of decks that fall into uh, any of these, these tribal deck categories.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. To be honest, it feels to me like this is a uh, part of my journey as an EDH player is branching into the tribal space a lot more because dang it, health was really, really fun when I built it. And I'm like, I think I need to start doing even more of this. And I would love it if it happens with some more of these more obscure tribes. So wizards, let's give them some love and let's show you the tribes that we would love to see more love for. Dana, how about you kick it off? What is a an underloved creature type in magic that you would love to be able to get more support to build more of an edh deck around
0: well so i I talked about how i have two tribal decks right now i I have a a sphinx deck in azorius and i have a dragon tribal deck but it's in demir which isn't the most dragon friendly um uh, color (laughs) pair but but that that makes it fun for me too that makes it interesting um if they they suddenly gave me a little more support for gorgons i would for sure build a gorgon deck i don't know what it is about the the creature type but I find it interesting. I, it, it's kind of a weird, unique thing that has a pretty long history in mythology. Um, it doesn't really, it's not really like anything else. You know, there's there's a lot of overlap between some some different creature types. There's just not a lot of things that overlap really with Gorgons. I think that would be a super cool thing to see more of. I think they kind of have a niche already we've seen. The very first Gorgon was way back in the Legends. It was Infernal Medusa and it had oh. Death Touch which is kind of logical with Gorgons already. So you could go that route. That, that could kind of be part of their identity. Um, there's a legendary Gorgon named Bizarra the Dreadful in in Mono Black that has basically the rival assassin ability. You can tap to kill a creature. Mm. That also kind of makes sense with Gorgon. So there's definitely a space involving killing creatures that they could explore more with Gorgons as well. So that would be one I would really enjoy if they would just put a little more effort into it. There's already a good amount of bodies out there that you could fill out a deck with. But if there was some commander, I think, that, that cared about other Gorgons and maybe cared about them killing creatures, I'd be all on board with that for sure.
1: Yeah, the fact that there's 19 total Gorgon creature cards out in Magic right now probably makes it a little hard that's all. To, to build. Yeah, that's all. That's all. At least that's oh, what
0: no. Scryfall tells me. So, and, and, and I will I would note when I first built my Sphinx tribal deck back, you know, we're talking like six or seven years ago, there was I there was less than thirty, um, be, because I was running the mono white Petra Sphinx in the deck to have enough uh, enough bodies. Um, so, I, I mean, I'll I'll build a tribal deck. There's only nineteen options. I'll do it. If that, that's what I have to do. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't 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 dare him. Yeah. 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 Don't <laughs> you don't threaten me with a good time. I'll figure it out. Yeah, and th- there are some
2: really awesome Gorgons in the format, too. Like, Archetype of Finality is the most popular Gorgon in the format. And that one gives all of your stuff Death Touch and takes Death Touch away from all of your opponents. And that's straight up a card that I've considered using in a lot of my decks, especially if the decks have, like, big trampling creatures. Like, ooh, that's a really lovely mix. There's something interesting here about, like, Dana, you had mentioned that there is a Legendary Gorgon, Visara the Dreadful. There's also a three-color Legendary Gorgon, and that's Damia Sage of Stone. And... This kind of enters into a very weird aspect about building a tribal deck, um, and and honestly, I think I especially saw this kind of rear its head when Tuvasa the Sunlit came out, which is a bond colored Merfolk, and a lot of folks took uh, Tuvasa and made it a you know a three color Merfolk tribal deck because it was a creature of the right type and within colors that they wanted to play all of the various Merfolk that they wanted to play, but. I think you and I are probably on a similar wavelength here where it's like, you know, just because the creature's in the right colors and has the right creature type doesn't actually excite us to build a deck for it because it doesn't actually strategically care about that creature type. It does its own thing. Its abilities aren't really related to its creature type. So Damia isn't necessarily appealing to build for a Gorgon triple because she's just doing her extra fill your hand up thing and it's not really related to the creatures that you actually want to play and to highlight.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, It's, it's, much more interesting um, or at least much more useful if, if the commander you're playing cares about the creature type in some way, or at the very least interacts with what it's doing. Um, and I say that as someone, I have an Azorius Sphinx tribal deck that has Aspiria Supreme Judge as a commander, but doesn't care about Sphinxes at all, really. <laughs> um, but it also is kind of a useful card on its own. I, I, I am not the most attractive target to attack when I have a bunch of, you know, five, five flyers out and, drawing you cards when someone attacks you even though it's not a sphinx based commander it does kind of play in with what the deck is doing to a degree whereas i'm not sure of sisters uh, uh, of any of the existing gorgon legends that really would lend themselves to doing that particularly the three color one
1: yeah i i have the similar problem with one of the tribes that i wish had a little more support and that's clerics hmm. clerics has always seemed like something fun. But then when you look at the typical cleric deck, it almost could just be a life gain theme deck too, because that's every, every cleric seems to care more about when creatures are in the battlefield, you gain a life like the soul warden type of effects. That's where mm-hmm. clerics really make their, their mark is by en- enabling life gain strategies. You look at some of the legendary clerics that we have out there, you have veto of the thorn of the dusk rose and Mangar the diplomat that gain life and do kind of just generic things that're not really tied to actual cleric strategies. And I think that's why you don't see anything because the most popular... Legendary cleric that has anything to do with clerics is Aura Skyclave Hierophant. And that's just not a very popular commander mm. because nothing else really does anything that has anything to do with clerics. Uh, that's just the only real thing that you can be doing if you're trying to build a cleric tribal deck. And if you don't have a good legendary, it's just not going to be a very popular tribe.
2: Well, and especially what this kind of points to here, so Aura Skycliff Hierophant is kind of interesting. Like, and I think it's really right up my alley as an Aristocrats player. So four mana, three three life link. When it or another cleric you control dies, you return a cleric card with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. And like, as an Aristocrats player, I'm just like, oh wow, this this seems like an amazing dance. But Matt. I know that you are not necessarily the biggest aristocrats fan, so it feels as though the theme that the clerics would have for you is a little bit shoehorned into either life gain or into this aristocrat stuff or, or or into both. And so it isn't just like it needs a legend to help out the tribe. It also needs almost maybe a little bit of a diversity of the legends to help out the tribe in order for you to find a plurality of things that you could be doing with it.
1: Yeah, if you look at the typical humans deck, or humans page, I should say, with all the legendaries, they're doing a, a manner of different things. Whereas if you look at clerics, there's only one that actually says cleric in the text box beyond the creature type on itself. And I think that's just probably the the biggest struggle for clerics specifically, is nothing really interacts with clerics I mean, like the last time that we got them in a set was in zendikar rising and that was just because of the party mechanic and so you see all these clerics that care about parties and, and having non-clerics in the deck so that also doesn't work like the, the closest thing you really have is Rotlung reanimator that cares about when your clerics die you get to create zombies mm. but the rest of the the rest of the the field is It just doesn't really add up. There's not a whole lot going on there. Or everything's just incidentally a cleric. Uh, You have like Bishop of Rebirth or Angel of Destiny that they're clerics and they're not bad. They just don't do anything that ties in with a tribal type theme.
2: And I think we've seen also like Eile Eternal Pilgrim was Mm -hmm. a black-white life gain deck, also incidentally a cleric. Ravos and Timna, the black-white partner commanders, Also, both clerics also lead cleric tribal decks every so often. But again, they're kind of they're almost like the Damia example. They're kind of accidentally there. and and, you know Matt there is actually one other cleric here that does mention clerics it's a legend that does mention clerics in its text box and that's Tabarak's Hope's Demise which is a demon cleric that again cares about your clerics dying
1: (laughs) yeah but then then, even then you're you're in mono black and and we've talked on this podcast several times about if you're on mono colors you're almost kneecapping yourself a lot of times
2: well and especially I think the thing that draws you most to wanting to play clerics is the card edgewalker which reduces the cost of your clerics by black and white mana Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like no the thing i I want to play isn't available in the only other option that i have
1: yeah just it just doesn't work it, like, like dana pointed out with his struggles finding a good legend for it yeah you, you, the same thing applies here for clerics yeah
2: uh, almost even it seems like you're not just struggling to find a good legend for it you're also struggling to find its own distinct strategy to it that doesn't just look like a lot of the other strategies in those same colors aristocrats and life gain and whatnot
0: yeah and those strategies don't even necessarily need to be like super narrow or super well defined um You know, I, 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 again, talking about sphinxes to go, to go back to something I know pretty well. The one shared characteristic they tend to have is a gazillion lines of text in the text box. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not all of them, you know, there's, there's obviously consecrated sphinx just draws you a bunch of cards, but like a lot of them have really convoluted ways to do fairly simple things. And that's kind of what the, the, the overarching theme of that deck is, is a bunch of sphinxes that, many draw you cards and most of them do it in a kind of annoying way um but that is a theme to a degree like that that feels very sphinx like making you read a bunch of words to do something um so like there are ways to to make a k- cohesive tribe without it being as as clean cut as you know elves being manadorks or something um mm. so that there's like i said there's ways to define it there's just a lot of tribes that haven't quite done that yet Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And for the record, that is one of the things that I do
2: like find most appealing about tribal decks in specific is like the ways that they craft those themes is very interesting. You know, the fact that dinosaur tribal is always built around that enrage where you want them to be dealt damage or the fact that zombie tribal is built around so much necromancy. Like those are things that definitely appeal to me about tribal decks. So I I also get the struggle of wanting to find a a specific one that maybe isn't too specific or at least that has a, a unifying element that the commander also allows you to luxuriate in for a while. So yeah, the struggle is real, is basically what I'm saying. Um, I'll move on now to... <laughs> I worry about you guys judging me for this one, but a, a, a creature type that I would like to see a bit more love for is actually Spectres. Huh. <laughs> so, like... Hypnotic Spectre, for example. Hypnotic Spectre, of course, being the amazing and famous 3-mana 2-2 Spectre that when it hits an opponent, they discard a card at random. Or there's Night Veil vale Spectre, which steals cards from the top of your opponent's decks. Or there's Fell Spectre, which, again, makes your opponent's discard cards. And this is a whole tribe of things that care about your opponent's discarding cards. And that is not usually the type of game that I like to play. Like, I am not a Tiny Bones player. I am not a Turgid player. But, man... Hypnotic Spectre gives me those back-in-my-day feels, which is a rare thing for me, especially compared to Dana over here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, listening to you set it up, like, wanting to have a a Spectre tribal deck, all I heard was basically you just want to build a deck full of alpha-beta cards. That's all I heard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, there's also, like, Blazing Spectre and Sadraxxus Spectre, and there's a whole bunch, and I think it would be cool to be in, like, Blue-Black Spectres or, or in Grixis Spectres and, like... No, honestly, it is a little bit back in my day. Like I, I played Shimmy Inspector back in Future Sight, you know, like I actually I do want to play with these cards again. But the the stopping point for me is that like, how do you make it fun, though? Like, because making people discard cards is not always the most fun for me. Like, I want to love this tribe, but I need to find a way that would make it fun as well.
0: But it, it is worth noting this is a situation where you have a tribe with a very specific visual element. Everyone kind of knows what a Spectre looks like. It's it's something that you can kind of mentally latch onto. And since way back in alpha, for the most part, they've all done the same thing with the discard effect. Mm. There's a cohesive theme that runs through them, too. So, like, that's the kind of thing that I totally understand why you'd want to make that deck, even if it doesn't play the way you maybe like to play. I do get what's appealing to the other two things for sure. Yes. And for the record, this is a tribe that technically has a legend.
2: Urgaros, the empty one, is a 6 mana specter that makes an opponent discard a card and if they can't you'll draw a card and it's like okay woohoo! it's still more like I, i don't know i'd want if there was a leader for this tribe i would want it to give me more fuel to make people discard and punish for the discard but like not completely knock my opponents out of the game i want my opponents to have a hand i want them to also enjoy the specter stuff i want the specters to be a fun spectacle basically
1: well, Joey, it's also probably not a very good sign that the most played Spectre tribal commander is actually not even a Spectre. It's Croesus the Purger, which is a Grixis dragon from oh, yeah. back in like Apocalypse, I want to say. So yeah, there just there there aren't a lot of options. It's it's another case of if there was a good legendary for the tribe, it probably would push more attention into the tribe because we've seen a few times over and over again how having a an interesting legendary creature for that tribe that they're supporting is going to drive the numbers on that.
2: Yeah, but actually Croesus the Perjurer is a great example of another thing that sometimes gets in the way of some of these tribes that could use more love. Croesus has an effect that also makes your opponents discard a bunch of cards from their hand whenever it hits someone. And then, you know, I mentioned Tiny Bones earlier as well. That is a discard deck as well. So like the thing that specters are doing is already its own fully fleshed out archetype. So like this is, you're kind of climbing uphill if you want these creatures to get any amount of spotlight because there's already a whole other thing going on out there that is already kind of a little bit like better and more realized, more fully realized than what those specters would actually be able to do. So, in some cases, when it comes to the tribes that we want to see more love, there's other stuff that's kind of like doing what they do a little bit better, which forces them to find a new direction. And that's a reality that I have to live with. Uh, but I, I don't know. I still hold out hope that one day we'll have a new and slightly different but also interesting take for for my fun specters just haunting
0: the airways. One thing I think it useful to talk about here for, for a few minutes is to to note that even if you're you're the, the tribe that you're thinking about making, whether it's you know gorgons or specters or or clerics, whatever it happens to be, if you do decide to commit to that deck despite maybe not having all of the pieces, there's still a lot you can do with that deck there's plenty of cards out there that have been printed that just generically care about you picking a creature type mm. so you know name a creature type and destroy all creatures that aren't of that type or something Um a, there's a handful of those cards that you can find that you can kind of make into your your own tribal cards for your deck if, if you want to take the time to search for them. Mm. And you can also do that to a degree, like, again, to talk about Sphinxes, they all accidentally just have flying. So, like, there's cards you can run that only affect, you know, I don't have access to red in that particular deck, but if I did, you could run earthquake-style effects that do only damage to creatures without flying. There, there's ways you can kind of make a tribal deck that doesn't specifically have tribal support into something that kind of feels like it does if you're willing to to dig deep enough.
2: Yeah, Dana, absolutely true. You know, the door of destiny is to pump up all of the creatures of that, of that type. The, the distant melodies will help you draw mm-hmm. more cards. Just choose a creature type right there. I mean, heck, uh, Reflections of Lit Yara doubling up the spells that you cast of the creature type that you choose and those are just some of the examples that I pulled out from blue there's a whole bunch of other things amazing stuff that you can do and you can even pick out some cards like a what is it conspiracy sets uh, every creature's type to a specific type that you choose as well like there are a bunch of really fun tricks that you can pull off heck if you wanted to build a wizard tribal deck that didn't have any wizards in it by using those conspiracy type cards to turn everything into a wizard like that could totally work I'm sure that Inala Archmage Ritualist would have a field day with that like you can certainly force a whole bunch of these things here i think that there is maybe a little bit of a psychic onus sort of like somewhere in the back of my mind that makes me like makes me want the support to come from not just myself if that makes sense like i don't want to feel pressured to overload a deck with a bunch of changelings just to hit a a, a sizable enough number of creatures to make the tribal elements of a tribal deck work so it's an uphill battle but certainly a battle that is worth fighting
0: yeah. And I think when you go that route as well, I think at least for me, there's definitely something satisfying in, in kind of making it your own creation in a way. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with running the most popular tribal commander for a, the most popular tribe, you know, like that, that I have no inherent issue in someone doing that. But, but at least for me personally, I, I don't take any satisfaction in, in that. Whereas I do really find it to be rewarding to, to build a Demir dragon deck or something <laughs> like that is enjoyable to me. So, um, if you're someone who enjoys that creative aspect of deck brewing, that, that that's definitely one way to, uh, to get that, that kind of satisfaction hit is finding a way to make a tribal deck that maybe doesn't have the support or at least doesn't have support in the colors that you're building in it in.
2: Yeah, absolutely makes sense. All right, this is interesting stuff, and there are a few other tribes that we want to shout out as well, but we're about partway through the episode now, so I think it's high time that we pause and challenge some stats. It's just one of our favorite things to do here on the podcast because there's so much data on EDHREC. Sometimes cards see too much or too little play, so we love to challenge those statistics. Hey, uh, Matt, how about you start us off this week? What's your challenge, man?
1: So my challenge this week actually comes from another line or another entry, I should say, in the long line of anti-treasure cards. Uh, so Andrew Cummings, if you don't follow him over at Brews MTG on Twitter, you're really missing out on some really good opportunities to find these f- long forgotten cards. The Dana specials, these cards that are 30 cents, they're going to just creep up. And they're going to do a lot of work for you. One that I think just does so much work in this treasure meta that we're finding ourselves in is Titania's Song. So Titania's Song is three and a green for enchantment that says each non-creature artifact loses its abilities and is an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its casting cost or mana value, we should say now. (laughs) Uh, If Titania's Song leaves play, this effect continues until end of turn. So if you have all these tokens running around, all these food tokens, treasure tokens, whatever else is going around there, this turns them all into zero, zero creatures. It's just a pretty powerful effect because the nice thing about it is, too, because of state-based effects, that uh, Prosper player, for example. Your opponents don't have a chance to respond once this is already on the battlefield. So if they create a treasure token and the, they can't respond, they can't sacrifice it before the state-based effects finally clear out. So if they make a treasure token while this is out, they're not going to be able to, to take advantage of it. Uh, so... Andrew does mention uh, if ever, if your playgroup is getting a little too treasury give it for give it a go uh, it's currently be played in less than 700 decks which i think puts it into dana territory as far <laughs> as the amount of decks that it's played it also hasn't been reprinted since like chronicles or something like that so it's an old card it's not played very much and it's good against treasures which is what the popular <laughs> thing is to do so if those those are things you like to be doing you have a lot of folks that are getting kind of carried away with new Capenna and all the treasures that are in the deck or in the set not including the treasure tokens that you're making in the set uh, give titania song a try
0: it, it's so much a data card that I actually ran it in my enchantress deck um, <laughs> so yes it's it's a card that I, I love and this was well before treasures I ran it just because I didn't have any artifacts in the deck and it was a way to turn off mana rocks and kill them if I had a board wipe so it's an excellent card that's just gotten even better because it just by default kills treasures and keeps any new ones from coming into play as well Mm -hmm. excellent card good pick matt that's terrific and scary very scary yes
2: all right i think i'm going to uh, move to my challenge now and my challenge here is our listener submitted challenge and it comes to us from one gabriel gs from our discord who has another very Dana-esque three-mana enchantment. So Matt, you and I are on a wavelength. We're trying to out-Dana-Dana this episode, and so is our listener Gabriel. Gabriel suggested a card called Hand to Hand, a three-mana red enchantment that says instance and abilities requiring an activation cost cannot be played during combat. This is a simple little red aggro-style card to prevent your opponents from playing those fogs or those very famous ink shields while you are trying to slice their life totals all the way down to zero. If you are a very combat-focused deck and you do not want your opponents to mess with your combat, this is absolutely the type of enchantment for you. Uh, Gabriel specifically shouts it out for the Commander Marisi, Breaker of the Coil, which is the Goad Kitty, and especially uh, an amazing... to highlight about this card is again the fact that it stops those activated abilities so this for example during combat prevents opponents from using sacrifice outlet shenanigans during combat it's only showing up in get this 74 decks only 74 decks using this card hand to hand but i think that gabriel has found a really great gem and dana we hope that
0: you like it i approve Well, my card here today is going to play with something I talked about just a few minutes ago, and that's kind of the the make-your-own-tribal deck. Um, And specifically, I I want to challenge the stats on a card called Crackdown from way back in Mercadian Masks. Uh, Crackdown is two and a white. It says non-white creatures with power three or greater don't untap during their controller's untap steps. Um, we just got a mono-white angel tribal commander in Giada, Font of Hope, and it's currently the second most popular commander from Streets of Nukipenna. Um Crackdown doesn't say anything about angels. It, it, it just says non-white creatures with power of three or greater don't untap. But by default, if you are playing a Giada deck, your creatures are all... White creatures, So it never affects you and it affects everyone else. It's an example of a card that you can put in your tribal deck to kind of give it a little more tribal flair. It doesn't say anything about your tribe, but it's not going to affect them while it's going to affect quite a few other people. Mm. It's a very good card in general, particularly in mono white decks or... a a white something deck where the majority of your creatures at the very least are white or have white in their their mana value. Um, And it's currently only in about 1,300 decks in EDH Rack. If you are playing something in mono-white that's creature-based and and in the right meta where you see a lot of creatures, it's a really, really useful card. And I I think it should see more play, particularly in Giada decks, but in in a lot of mono-white creature decks, 1,300 decks, and it should see more play.
2: Well, here's another place that I would also submit as a place to uh, put those as um, Treefolk Tribal as well, like Dorn the Siege Tower, for example. Like, you know, this is a card that keeps things from untapping if they have power three or greater. Well, your Treefolks have big butts, but they tend to have like zero, one or two power. So they would also be very, very unaffected by this. And that could be another sneaky way to get around it. Absolutely. Alrighty, fun stuff. But hey, we're going to get back into our main topic. We are again talking about those underloved tribes. And Matt, let's pass the ball back to you. What is another creature type that you wish was getting more love from Wizards of the Coast that you would love to build a deck around if it got more support? What's going on in your head, dude?
1: Well, this is one that we had mentioned it's, it's a, you could build this tribe, but more, more often than not, it ends up as a different tribe altogether and that's druids. So if you look at the typical druids on scryfall or, or the, the druid page on EDA rec, they're all stinking elves. Every like, <laughs> like, like there's three non-elf druids. And so it's just so hard. You end up. Almost turning yourself into, well, I'm I'm just playing a bad version of an elf tribal deck because you're focusing on the wrong tribe in the deck. Because <gasps> oh, no. yeah, every single stinking druid is just some mana dork, Lanawar elf type of creatures that just you <laughs> tap it to make mana, and that's it. There's ugh, this is this is the the tribe that I wish had its own unique identity beyond being able to make a bunch of mana
0: yeah it, this is like one of those examples of a tribe that really overlaps heavily with with another one, and they haven't just figured out what that what that hook is yet to make it stand out on its own as something interesting that you can do something with beyond just basically a subtype of elf for the most part
1: well and there there's a couple decent ones that they kind of tiptoed around um Joel Rael uh, from the corset a few years ago that was a very good attempt at making kind of a druid tribal type of deck that isn't just about making mana, but playing around with like the power and toughness. And like the flavor of druids in World World of Warcraft is one thing that I think they could tap into where they're playing around with like shape-shifting and altering your power and toughness. Mm. There's a couple cards that do that really well. Uh, Kamal, Fist of Krosa. You're able to change around the power and toughness and animate lands. There's some cool effects going on there. But then every druid outside of, like, a few of them are just making a bunch of mana. And, like, that's where you get into, okay, well, I'm just playing a bad elf tribal deck then.
2: That's yeah, that's very interesting. I love that as a theme of, like, taking advantage of the shape-shifting or the land animation. Like, that is a unique flair that we wouldn't see that would feel very distinct from the elves. <laughs> like, a weird a weird interesting thing about looking over, like, the, the, the druid card type here, looking through different creature types that have uh different creatures that have this type is is this kind of funny thing that i think we see a little bit in um sort of sort of around in the magic sphere where players will really want uh, a, a deck to come out for a certain theme and they'll want it to encompass all of the potential colors so for example there's a druid that is three colors not vine mystic which can produce naya colored mana and is a naya colored card but like I don't know, looking over all of the druids, I would totally want, if this did get more support, I would want it to be a mono green deck. I wouldn't want it to flex too hard into other colors just to potentially play one or two other of those druids that happen to be just slightly off color. I'm like, I, I would love for the tribe to like, you know, it sticks to exactly the one thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate restraint when it comes to some of the support, if that makes
1: sense. Well, and sadly, the only legendary druid that has anything to do with any sort of druid strategy is Seton Kroson Protector that uh, you can tap an untapped druid to make a green mana so that's not particularly exciting (laughs) but then the most the most played legends that are druids happen to be Chulain Teller of Tales and Kinnan Bonder Prodigy which they're not doing anything tribal except for going bonkers tribal
2: right and, and really you don't you don't want to do that but what you do want to do is you want to play with that guilt leaf arch druid isn't that the case so that's the five mana yeah
1: that would be great that would be so fantastic <laughs> that's
2: the that's the five mana three three elf druid whenever you cast a druid spell you can draw a card and you can tap seven untapped druids you control to gain control of all lands target player controls Like, that right there, sometimes it comes down to, there's just one card that you really want to play in a deck that supports it well. But the fact that that's not a legendary creature, that that's one that goes in the 99, like, if that was the legend, that would support the entire tribe right
1: there. Oh, if Guiltleaf Archdruid were a legendary creature, I would have that deck, 100%.
2: (laughs) Watsi, make a a, a good legend that cares about druids so that Matt can steal all of my lands? Wait, why am I supporting this? I don't actually want you to do that. Never mind, Matt, you're... This is sneaky evil. They, they don't listen to us anyways. That's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. I'm going to move to uh, one of my next picks here. And um, you know what? I didn't think about this in advance, but this tribe also cares about discarding cards. Only this time you're discarding your own cards. So it's okay. Uh, I would love to see more love for spell shapers. Basically, every Spellshaper out there will let you discard a card from your hand and effectively, quote-unquote, turns that card into a different spell. So there's Dreamscape Artist, for example, or Jaya Ballard is another one. Hammer Mage. Matt, that was one that you had done Challenge the Stats on a little while ago. Mm -hmm. And each one of those, Dreamscape Artist will let you discard a card to go and find lands. Jaya Ballard discards them to turn them all into little damage spells. Or Hammer Mage, you discard things to blow up artifacts so you can screw over all of those treasures one more time. These are just really fun abilities, but I just I don't know how you're going to give enough love to this drive other than it needs a lot of fuel and it needs a more unifying theme maybe that lets you activate them multiple times like i don't know this is a strategy that i would love to build around but you have to find a way to make sure that it doesn't just immediately run out of gas there's a lot of potential here that i just feel hasn't been tapped into
0: it's also an older tribe that we haven't seen a lot of new versions of, of those cards in recent years as well so i wonder if it's it's gotten forgotten a little bit as a creature subtype um, at least by the average player, WotC very rarely forgets these things, and we tend to get the occasional member in a mast in a new master set or something like Commander Legends that, that we got a few years back. There was spell shapers there, um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely tried. That's, that's very very useful, and I've always thought spell shapers were a fun type. We just haven't seen a way to make them into a cohesive deck, but the fact that they have kind of a very similar ability there's definitely probably something mechanically that someone could find (laughs) to 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 make work with that kind of discard a card to do a thing we just haven't seen it yet but at at some point I, i i would not be surprised to see something
2: work out like can you imagine if there was a spell shaper commander that effectively had the squee ability where it's constantly returning to your hand every time it's discarded like Oh, what I wouldn't give for that. What I wouldn't give for that. That would be that that would be amazing. I would just love to have that kind of thing. It's like commander doesn't stay on the battlefield you're discarding the com- I don't know. I I think that would be fun. Apparently I like discard more. Like what I've discovered in this episode isn't that I care about tribal decks, it's that I care about discard decks and that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah spell shapers uh this is th- i think what's especially unique about them is that they wouldn't really care about the typical stuff that we see with like tribal decks that play a bunch of door of destiny stuff to get all pumped up like they would have a completely different angle of attack and that is one of the things that i especially enjoy is when it's not doing the straightforward combative stuff that we associate with a lot of the other tribes that tend to go a bit aggro this one's very tricksy and i would love to i, I like those tricksier tribes as well so that's just my taste in tea i guess uh dana let's move it on to you what is the last tribe that you would love to get more love
0: um so the last one i'd love to see get a little more love at least in terms of a cohesive commander is maybe demons Mm. there's a gazillion really good demon cards out there but there's never really been a reason to put a bunch of them together in a tribal deck um and i think it would be really nice to just see that commander that gave you a reason to finally do that there's, a, like I said, there's a ton of strong actual creature demons. There's a handful of, of enchantment type cards that actually also do care about demons. So there is a few pieces there already, but we just haven't got a commander yet that suggested you put them all together in one deck. And I, I really would lo- would like to see that because there, there's just so many unique, fun, interesting demons Obviously, as a creature type, that's that's a name that convokes some pretty clear images to your head. There's a lot of ones that are famous both in magic lore and in kind of meta lore in terms of how impactful they are in the game. Um, so, yeah, that's one that I think would be really easy to turn into something very, very popular. I, I always think of back when we finally got Eureka. That was the thing that ninjas needed. That was a creature type everybody wanted. It was a creature type that had a few fairly powerful members that had kind of very obvious unique abilities. All we really needed was that one commander to kind of harness them, and it became one of the most popular tribes. I think the same thing could very easily happen to demons, where once you had that one commander that kind of flips that switch, you're going to see a lot of people build that deck because there's just so many good demons out there, and there's so many, like, you know, awful, horrifying pieces of art and really cool abilities. And there's just a lot you could do with that tribe that we just haven't had a chance to fully exploit yet. Dana, I, I actually gotta admit, this is one
2: I'm surprised to hear. It, in my mind, demons might actually be a tribe that has gotten some of that support. Like, like Rakdos the showstopper, for example. That's the six mana demon that, when it comes in, it kind of Thanos snaps the table, except for demons. So it destroys stuff that isn't demons, and he, he's certainly not the most popular Rakdos commander in the world. But I mean, Rakdos is where the color combo gets its name. So I don't know. This this demons actually strike me as the type of tribe that
0: maybe does have support. I, I would say that the. Fact that Rakdos is barely in more decks than Sethron or Loon General, <laughs> or or Florian <laughs> Valdarian Science says that. Oh wow! If a commander is is not being played really as as the head of a tribal deck, um, even if it can do it, I, I don't know if it's it's if it's enough to make people want to to kind of count. I guess is what I would say. So um, yes, you technically could play Rakdos the Showstopper ahead of your demon atop of your demon deck, but the fact that no one seems to really wanting to do that tells me that's still a resource that hasn't been appropriately tapped. Hmm. Okay. I mean, for the
2: record, I do have a friend with a ragdose deck, but i will grant you it is certainly not among the most
0: popular things
2: that people could be doing and i think that my friend also has a bit of the the same streak as you where he wants to build the thing that people aren't
0: doing <laughs> fair enough so that's also Absolutely. fair but the- so he probably actively doesn't want someone <laughs> to give a good Rakdos commander that would uh, suddenly make it into a popular trend so, you know
2: what suddenly this is becoming a lot more fair and i gotta say like is the reason that you want to build around demons so that you can win with liliana's contract Because that That would be a
0: fantastic way to win a game. That would be amazing.
2: That is such a fun spell. The five mana enchantment, when it enters the battlefield, you draw four and lose four. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. I mean that right there. That is the thing upon which you can build an entire deck. And yes. Having more support, absolutely. But like, uh, would that that was the type of spell that existed for spell shapers or or for my my precious specters. Like, ah, mm, uh, that is that is such a spicy thing. Like, I, I love those types of cards. This this is activating my Johnny muscles.
0: One thing that also sometimes comes up in the discussion of tribes here is is. Tribes built outside of the standard colors you usually see for those tribes. So, I mentioned the fact that I have a Demir Dragons deck, which is not the colors you usually think of for Demir Dragons, but we've seen something in the last year where suddenly we saw a couple of green black elf decks, hmm. which, which wasn't for the most part where people traditionally built el- elves. They tended to go Selesnia with it. And then we got a, a handful of green black elf commanders which kind of gave people a fresh way to build a tribe that they'd already been building, but they'd been building it in Slesnia or Mono Green, and this gave them kind of a fresh angle on that as well. That's something I would also would not mind to see Watsi explore a little bit more is to find ways to take an established tribe and maybe lean into a different color pairing to kind of freshen up ways to explore that tribe Mm. we also saw that back in ixalan where we got um green blue merfolk really for the first time and that was a a kind of a fresh space to expand and play with merfolk in so that's something i'd see a little bit more of too and it's also something that you can maybe find a way to do once in a while if if you want to build a tribal deck and and don't want it to maybe look like this that tribal deck that everyone else around you has Maybe you look to see if you can find a way to do it in a different color pairing than it gets traditionally used for it. There, there's there's a lot of room to play doing that kind of thing as well.
1: Yes. Sometimes with those though, you have to hope that there's moderate support outside if you're going into a tertiary color. <laughs> right. Uh, if you're right. trying to do elves in white, for example, you're gonna have maybe <laughs> three options or elementals in black, stuff like that. Yeah. You're yes, it's it's a fun way to get outside that typical wheelhouse. Uh, Flex those muscles a little bit, but also make sure you're just setting yourself up for some realistic expectations on what that deck's going to look like and the amount of resources you have. Yes, because if you're trying to do red green elves, (laughs) Godspeed finding very many red elves.
0: I, I I actually tried that, uh, a red-green merfolk once, Matt. <laughs> of course I, you I did. gave it a look, of and I was you like, did. nope, that's not going to happen. Well, and, and that actually, at some point, that does
2: break something in my brain. I'm like, okay, merfolk, it needs blue. Like, no, I'm sorry. that needs, <laughs> the water has to be somewhere. So, like, red-green merfolk, that one does make me go now hold on mr roach like that would be a stretch too far so one of the things that i enjoy so much about these creature types is, is is their identity and i don't want their identity to bleed too far into weird colors but it is interesting to have some flexibility with it and matt like you said with realistic expectations i mean there are a ton of other uh interesting creature types out there that would be cool to see more support for it. and indeed i hope that we get more of it you know archons are really interesting the djinn are really interesting there's a whole bunch of homunculus i don't No thip Tribal. Like there's a bunch of stuff that you could get. But I think also a piece of this uh, uh, is also that we don't know whether to want these things yet because we don't know whether and how they will be supported. So these are some tribes that we've named that have seen like hints here and there that have sort of gotten us hungry for more. And I hope that we see not just that those things get support, but also that the things we don't know we're hungry for yet. I hope that they get those little shreds of, of hints here and there of like, hey, Maybe the homunculus deck could be a thing at one point. And it like kind of teases it and then it delivers. Like that is especially one of the things that I want to see from Wizards of the Coast is a little bit more, just, just like a quick hint before it delivers the full meal. Because I think that's a great way to design stuff and to get our, our
1: brewing muscles going. Well, and that's kind of one of the worst feelings too is when they introduce or reintroduce a tribe that I'm I'm sure that the typical player can anticipate is going to be fairly popularly like making dogs a full-fledged tribe instead of hounds and whatever else was before. Knowing that that was going to be f- a fairly popular move, but then not giving us a real good dog tribal. You know, yes, we had Rin and Sari. That, that, that was a good uh, start, but not having a lot of support to really take it off and run with that new tribe that we just got. So... That would be my big request is if you're going to give us a tribe or or reintroduce us a tribe and push it in some new set, give us a commander that's going to let us properly explore that we talked about how sometimes we'll have a theme that doesn't have enough support for commander deck the same definitely applies when it comes to giving us a new tribe
2: well and especially the diversity of options does a lot like so many zombie tribal commanders existed in the format before i ever built a zombie deck but for some reason none of them actually hit my heart until will help the rock cleaver came out so like sometimes it does require also that repetition and those those slight changes here and there because every single zombie tribal deck is actually doing something very different even if they are all playing with some of the same cards. So sometimes it isn't just that it needs an initial amount of support, it also needs multiple instances of support so that you can see which of those things does in fact most appeal to you. And that's a good lesson for us to take away as well is that th- these things don't just need the initial support, they need continued support. We need to see a uh, c- commitment to the theme as well from players and also from designers so that we can find these things that we didn't know that we would love as much as we do. Cuz it's a really fun journey when you when you finally hit those Mm -hmm. and hey you know what listeners we again encourage you to go to edhrec.com slash tribes to check out those most popular tribes and those least popular tribes and see maybe there are some hidden gems there that again we don't know that we'll actually love as much as we do so that could be a really fun resource for you to find more stuff that will be super entertaining but hey, fellas, for now, I think we've probably talked enough about all of the uh, all, all of the tribes that we hope get some support. And it seems like what, Matt, what I think you might be really eager for is to play your current tribal deck and, and then just totally trounce me with Kyler, Sigardian Emissary. A- am I
1: hitting on the right note there? That's, Does that sound about that's right? That's never a bad time, no. So yeah, that, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah just about and also matt i'm just really proud of us that we both found cards for our challenge the stats this week that were in fewer decks than the card that dana chose ain't that interesting dana who's mr
1: hipster now that is a rarity i'm just going mainstream
2: <laughs> we are the, how the turn tabled or or something to that effect <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> all right with that let's call this episode to a close fellas if our listeners would like to get in touch with us where is it that they can find us all
1: matt so you can find me on the Twitters at Mathemus55, that's M-A-T-H-I-M-U-S-5-5. And don't forget, Wednesday evenings, we are streaming over at twitch.tv slash EdHReckcast. We have guests on every single week, and the guests are probably more fun to watch than we are, to be honest. But that's <laughs> all the more reason to tune in on Wednesdays. And Dana.
0: You can find me on the Twitter birds at Dana Roach. You can find me on my other podcast CMDR Central, and I'm writing articles for Rec and Commander's Herald. And all of us together can be found at patreon.com slash
2: and I'm Joey Schultz. You can find me at Joseph M. Schultz on Twitter, and you can find the cast at EDH on Facebook and on Twitter. Plus, if you've got a question for us, you can contact us at EDHRECcast at gmail.com. Our thanks go out once again to Chase for assisting me with the post production of the show. You can find them online at Mana Curves, and we want to thank our sponsors, TCG Player and Card Kingdom.com. Plus, you can visit altersleeves.comslash EDHRECcast for cool custom EDH sleeves. Listeners, we would love to hear from you about which tribes you would love to see you get more support in the format and we'll be back at you next week with more data and insights but until then remember edh wreck your deck before you wreck your deck
0: our kids have said to us since we've moved to minnesota we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived